Dan, we're right back to it. I believe I texted you Sunday or Monday that I hated the board. Guess yep. what? I love the board. Yep. <laughs> this that horrible stinky board. That? Can we I please put it. that in the recording? Just like the opening. Just don't even like don't play the Col- don't play the music until that gets played. Cold open. Cold open. Cold open right there. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you back to another edition of the Sunday Card, week number three. Week number two is not only in the books, but it is about 17,000 leagues under the sea. 3,000 leagues, yes, that less than the novel, uh, where we really should be. Honestly, that was one of the worst weeks in NFL football gambling more, but we will come back, ladies and gentlemen. We always do. We always, always do. Uh, Dan Zapano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, and of course, the esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone. Matty, there's a lot of red on the sheet this week. We are parting the Red Sea. You know what I love about this show, though? It's like I, I prepare all week for the show. This is what I live for at the present time that I am living in, is that once we have a bad week and I look at the sheet and I say, all right, we both went one and four. The money line parlay didn't hit. The under the weather didn't hit and got screwed with 30 seconds left uh, in the game in Tennessee, Seattle. And I went like two and 12 total. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I, and, and it wasn't like that in the beginning of the week, though, was it? No, it didn't, did not feel that way at the beginning of the week. But um, no, I was having to say, this is, this is the turning point. This is... Um, this is the time now when our team, the team has to look at themselves. We had a big slice of humble pie coming off of a week one where we were dancing, dancing on graves already, you know, one, one week into a 17 week season, 18 week season. Um, so a big slice of humble pie in week two, but again, we are just gaining more information. We're learning about teams and we're moving forward and we're not going to be stubborn betters and, and write off teams as much as I would never like to bet on the Falcons ever again. But I think that some, somehow, some way, I will just end up finding a way to talk myself into them and take them again, probably sooner rather than later. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, um, is it wor- what was worse, do you think, for yourself? Because clearly mine was either the, the Falcons or I think Miami was probably my dumbest one ever because I lost 35 to nothing. But um, you can't factor in the two a thing. But was the Falcons worse or maybe the Jets was worse for you? Uh, the Jets weren't bad because it was dead in the first quarter. I mean, I knew – I just knew. I, it, it was not trending that way. The line – the offensive line was getting dominated. Uh, it, Atlanta was I, – I, going into the fourth quarter, it was a three-point oh. game. And I was like, yes, we're in this. Like, they're absolutely – you know, the way that this game's going, Tampa maybe scores another one and then is just hopefully just trying to ride it out. And and my man who shares – the other Matty Ice out in the world, you know, he's the secondary Matty Ice. Um, people don't usually talk about, but just two pick sixes, like back to back, right in my face. I, I got the up, I got the updates on my phone so close to one another. I just thought it was resending the first one. I, I there was no way I thought that he could have just stepped right back out and thrown another pick six. But oh, but he did. 
Oh, but he did. Oh, don't worry. No, I, I get to the airport after me and, by the way, Lewis, um, 17 and 0 at Patriots game. So I broke Lewis's heart and record, but it's okay. It's okay because the future of the New England Patriots is bright with both Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. It's okay. Um, however, however, uh, I go to the airport. We get out of a bar. It's 28-25. They're going to for two. They get the two-point conversion. I'm like, this is fantastic. We're going to hit this. I get to the airport in Newark, and I look at my phone because my phone had been dead. 48-25. I go, you can't be serious. Like, you can't be serious to me. And then, meanwhile, let me tell you, I just got a bitch for like a minute here. Oh, go off, King. The, the First off, I don't mean to, to cross over with what I do, but Saturday was an awful day because of just the amount of garbage that Marshall destroyed us on a 16 money line parlay mm. by giving up a 21 point lead. And then Boise late at night getting screwed out of a fumble return for a touchdown. After that, uh, Sunday could not have gone worse because we had the Falcons. Then we end up with Seattle up 30 to 23. The under is 54. Seattle's hitting the spread and they can't hold Tennessee out of the end zone. Uh, and they end up losing the game. Classic, sure. Miami, dead. The Eagles, dead. I mean, like, that all should have hit. And then, you know, we both hit our favorites with Carolina, but I didn't feel like we won anything with this. So I'm sitting there like, what do I do at the Patriots game? Because you have to bet at the Patriots game when you go, right? And I see the line drops to five and a half, and I say, okay, I'm definitely taking five and a half with the Patriots because now everybody's on the Jets. It's around me. And they're like, you got to parlay it with the over. And I'm saying to myself, Oh, yeah, I'll parlay with the over. And as soon as I did, I said, why the frick did I do that? Why did, It's Patriots and under. It's Patriots and under. Like, it's not a difficult thing to understand. Like, it's like, you know, as a fan. So it was just a nightmare of a day, nightmare of a day. But we persevere and we move on, right? Week, week three Week three is a whole nother week. Uh, again, like you said, not all that bad. You were in person. You saw, you saw Mac Jones get his first divisional win. His first win period in the NFL. So I mean that's that's a that's a big week. That's a big week for you. So take that, take that small grain and carry on to week three and beyond. And again, like I said, only gets better from here. I think the lesson of the week, trust your instincts. We didn't trust mm-hmm. our instincts last week with Dallas. Should have done that. Like we have both like I would love Dallas. And obviously they got some balls bounced their way. It might have been a yeah. lot. Yeah, I say that was that was one where I, I, I obviously the right side is the winning side. Uh, famous man once said, but I don't think that that was necessarily. We had a, a strong feel on that. Like we had it pegged. Like that was just two teams that like had their offenses moving down the field and they couldn't score at all. You're, you're absolutely right. But I remember at the beginning of the week we said we got to take Dallas, and then we pretzeled ourselves and didn't yeah, like. You're right. I'm just saying, could have trusted our instinct. I really liked Minnesota, but I didn't say anything and. I feel like that should have been one as well. Um, there were just a couple there that I was like, why didn't I do that earlier? And just trust the instinct and trust your process and what you believe. Should have absolutely just kept fading Urban Meyer uh, yes. against the Broncos because that so wasn't stupid. even close. So stupid. I mean, why do we even – I mean, Urban Meyer, uh, it's like playing Alabama every week. <laughs> it's yeah, what a moron, this guy. Hey, go figure. Everybody in the NFL is – a lot better than everybody is in the NCAA. Wow, pretty pretty crazy. Novel concept there, Urban. I'm glad you realized that. Uh, let's get into the picks. Let's get into the picks this week. By the way, there's only seven teams left that are undefeated. 
Isn't yeah. that crazy? And one right now that we're watching is in danger of losing, and that's Carolina and Houston. To, so, to rookie quarterback Davis Mills. Un- unbelievable that Carolina outplayed them. We're watching the first half. I mean, Carolina completely outplayed them, but now they're in trouble. Um, but only seven teams left. Your Broncos are in it. The Raiders. Mm. Uh, all of the NFC West, except for the Seahawks, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So – 72 Dolphins feeling pretty good. A lot of parody in college football. A lot of parody in the NFL. A lot of parody in the NFL. Hey, as soon as, soon as they made it 17 games, the Dolphins are probably saying no chance now. I mean, now, now you got one extra game that everybody's got to win? No freaking way. Never, ever. Never, ever. 20-0 and 0 will not happen, I promise you. Um, let's get to the picks. Let's go. Uh, I personally like four of my five. I personally I, oh. I was I have a few in here and, and I was teetering on there was there was two or three for my my last spot necessarily not necessarily my number five pick my number five picks ugly uh, but I had that my that second pick I was just I was teetering between so many so I think we're gonna have a lot of leans uh, later on in this show I yes. think we're gonna have a lot of leans to get I have one two three four five leans and so that'll be very exciting. You are uh, you went one and four last week, but are five and five on the season. I went one and four last week and four and six on the season. So you get to choose, Mister C. You get to go first, or you want me to go first? I'm going to get started first, and like I said, we're going to go ugly first. And you know, if we thought we didn't trust this, this is a absolutely trust your gut because this is not a a sharp play. This is probably a pretty square play. This is a pretty public play. But this is just what I've seen with my eyeballs in the past and, and just what I saw from a team on Monday night. And so the number five pick, we are going to take the Baltimore Ravens minus eight going on the road against the Detroit Lions. Lamar Jackson destroys teams like this. The Lamar Jackson absolutely destroys teams like this. Teams that have very subpar defenses, teams that you expect to be under 500 by the end of the year. Uh, you know, Detroit is Detroit's 0-2 right now, sub 500 team. Um, but just looking back to last couple of seasons, like last year, Lamar, uh, beat, they beat Cincinnati twice, 38 to three and 27 to three. They beat Houston 33 to 16, Jacksonville 40 to 14, 2019, the Jets 42 to 21, Cincinnati 49 to 13. Detroit's in the same realm of, as, as these teams, as far as I'm concerned, how, how bad those teams were in the past two years. Everybody likes to think that Detroit's offense is getting going here. The Packers defense is, is clearly a problem. We saw it in week one. We saw it week two. They were targeting the rookie King, the cornerback constantly. Um, and as good as the Detroit offense looked in the first half, I mean, they were anemic in the second half. Granted, there was, there was rain and they didn't score any points and small hands. Jared Goff can't hold on to the ball. Um, but I just think that the Ravens are going to, are going to absolutely come in and, and run through this team. Um, I also think that it's a mismatch as far as Jared Goff going up against John Harbaugh and his coaching. The one time that they've played each other, Jared Goff going up against John Harbaugh, and I just think that he's a simple quarterback to kind of game plan for. The Ravens beat the Rams 45-6 to in their one meeting that John Harbaugh played against Jared Goff. So I feel really good about this. Uh, One last stat here. I got a bunch of just nuggets on this game. Detroit right now is giving up 6.6 yards per play, bottom five in the league. Baltimore is gaining 6.6 yards per play, top five in the league. So. Give me the Ravens. I think they run through them on this one. I do. I'm a little worried about the Ravens' quarter cornerback situation. It's not as good as it's been in years past. So if Goff can get going, it could be dangerous. But I think they're going to get pressure on Goff. Like Green Bay didn't get any at all last week. He had all the time in the world to throw. 
Um, so I think the Ravens are defense is going to play better. I think Lamar is not going to be stopped. So it's an ugly one. It's a big dog on the road, but I just don't believe in the Detroit Lions. I think people, people have some good feelings about them after they were beating the Packers at halftime on Monday night. I did. I thought they played hard and you got a team coming off of a very big win. The Ravens coming off of that Sunday night win against the chiefs, a huge win. I mean, that's a massive win for them. And then you say maybe they got a little lucky to win that game, um, come back down. They played great defense, and they probably would have lost the game, to be honest, if if, uh, if Hilaire doesn't fumble. But uh, the Lions coming off of a big Monday night loss. The Lions are on a short week, so I'll give you that. But ooh, that's a big number to lay with a home dog like that, and it's a tough one. I had to stay away from that game. I just could not go there. Um, but I do lean – a little bit in your direction. I just, I can't go either side on that. And, and look, for me too, this is one of those things as far as tracking some numbers. This is a number that a sharp would, would absolutely crush, right? Seven and a half lions are seeing it. If, if they're a team that you should be taking in, in a contrarian kind of way at home, uh, well, this number is going up to eight. So it's moving towards Baltimore right now. So yeah, I feel, I feel better about that now. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I'm going to take some free money on the table. I'm going to take some free money on the table for my, my number five. Cause I just money. Easy money. Easy money. Uh, we haven't liked this team. We've, we've said in the beginning of this, I don't have any big-time stats for you in this game. I have them for other games. But we said in the beginning, this team, we don't think they're going to start off very well. We don't think they're going to start off very well. And they have not. And they are in trouble. They are in big, fat trouble. Um, and that's the Colts. The Colts are in big, fat trouble. They just are. I do not like the Colts this weekend. They, uh, I don't care if Wentz plays or not, to be quite honest with you. I think he has been slow. Um, if there was a guy that I told you, hey, Matt, did you hear about the guy that broke both his ankles or sprained both his ankles? Who would you think? It's, of course it's Carson Wentz. Of course it's Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. Like, what, what are we doing here? It, it, so, <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I, sorry, had to be him or Big Ben. Sorry, had him or Big Ben. <laughs> the only two options. That's true. Tennessee figured out last week and maybe they you know obviously Seattle kind of choked that game away and there was a lot of mistakes down the stretch but Tennessee figured out in the second half of that game hey you give the ball Derrick Henry good things are going to happen aren't they and you want to know something Indianapolis is not very good against the run they play speed finesse defense soft Tampa 2 coverage and that does not work against Derrick Henry it just does not work and they give him the ball 35 times in this game and that's what they got to do. I think that they will do it. Brett Huntley was taking the majority of the first rep steps tonight, today in practice for the Colts. He came in two days ago, they signed. And then you got Jay. So that tells you what they think about Eason if he's got to go. And then right. Huntley's only been here for a week. I mean, it's a nightmare. They don't have a left tackle. It's a freaking nightmare down there. So I am taking Tennessee minus the five and a half at home against the Colts. I know it's a divisional game. But I don't see it going that way. The Colts, I know the Colts, I think it's, is it down to five now? I don't know what it's at now, but last I saw it, it was a five and a half. It might be down to five. Whatever it is, I will take it at. I'd like the Titans here. Yeah, this is, man, this is such a tough one because this, this would be, the Colts are are another, again, just, again, you're kind of doing the same thing I'm doing. That's supposed to be the sharp play. You take that five and a half. I'm seeing five and a half most places right now still. Um, you're supposed to take that into a divisional game, no matter who the quarterback is, and you're just supposed to blind bet it, hold your nose, and oh, you know, we're getting points on the road, especially in the you know Frank Reich's gone into Tennessee, I believe, 
uh, four, the years beaten four, Tennessee four out of his last six times. He's gone into Tennessee and won quite a bit. But I agree with you. There's nothing to like about this Colts team right now. And you're, you're keying in on exactly the right part about Derrick Henry. This is a lean for me. Um, and because, again, I kept trying to talk myself into the Colts, but they're just so ugly right now. The Colts right now, they have had 12 missed tackles in the first two games, which is fourth worst in the league. You're going 12 missed tackles, a team that's not good at tackling going now against Derrick Henry, as you said. I mean, they're not even going to have to throw the ball in this game. They are going to just give him the rock. Um, I know that the Titans corners are really bad, but I think that they can handle Hundley or Eason no matter what. Now, Hundley, how many starts does Brett Hundley have in his NFL career? Uh, well, he did start a lot of games for Aaron Rodgers in 2017 or 16. I can't remember what it was. So he did start a lot of games there. And then uh, I think it was like seven or eight starts that year. But he hasn't played or started a game, I don't think, in about two years. So it's been a while for Brent Hundley. By the way, you mentioned Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, of course, I mean, I, I saw a stat. It was on PFF Patriots. And it was saying Damian Harris is second in the league with, uh, with um, yards after contact. He's trailing Derrick Henry by like 60 yards. <laughs> yeah. Like it's incredible. Derrick Henry is dominating in yards after contact. It's going to be a tough day for the Colts. I think they get blown out. Uh, you want to go number four? Yeah. And for number four, I think this is actually interesting. This is the first time we are going to be touching a primetime game in our top Ooh. five picks here. So we're first time we're hitting a primetime game here and we are going to Sunday night football. This Ooh. is, I keep hearing another game referred to as a possible NFC uh, championship, you know, preview. This also is an NFC championship preview, in my opinion, with these two teams. Uh, we clearly like both of them. For me, as I said, so Monday night football, again, a lot of people saw said that the Lions in, in, um, in Packers game, Lions dominate the first half, Packers come back and, and you know, shut them out defensively. And, and Rodgers, yes, he throws four, four touchdowns, but Man, that was a lot of Aaron Jones work, I'll tell you what. And he was beating up on some corners that have no business, you know, guarding Devontae Adams or anybody else, maybe MBS, because he's going to drop everything anyway. But Rodgers right now is PFF's 30th quarterback out of 34. Wow. And now this is now this is not just, you know, taking in stats, because obviously the first game the stats were bad. This these are guys analyzing the throws and if he's leading receivers right and how important and impactful the throws you're making are. And as me and Lewis were watching this game on Monday, we didn't see, I didn't see any Aaron Rodgers do anything magnificent, do anything Aaron Rodgers esque There was times where we thought he could do a lot more and he didn't, he didn't quite break loose from that tackle. He didn't, he didn't escape the pocket and roll out and make a throw. He didn't have any super, super impressive throws to me. And the last time that they went in, well, sorry, they beat, they beat San Francisco last year. Yes. In a game. Uh, let's see what I have the score. Did 37 Nick to 17. Play in that game, though? Yes. So I have the starting roster, really. Nick Mullins was the quarterback. The leading rusher was Jarek McKinnon. And Richie James had 13 targets in that game. Do you, I don't even know who Richie James is. I didn't know that that was an NFL player. Here in Lynchburg, I'll tell you that. That's where he's. <laughs> so, so the Rod, you know, Rodgers last year, and again, from right now to he is not even close to what he was last year, just looking at him and just watching him play. Last year, he wouldn't have had a week one. I don't care how much training camp or time he missed and all the offseason drama. He wouldn't have had a game as bad as they were in week one. So I don't think that they're very right. Um, I know that the 49ers have a ton of 
running backs injured. Actually, their entire injury report is just running backs. Uh, with Jamichael Hasty with an ankle, didn't practice. Uh, Trey Servant has a concussion, and Elijah Elijah Mitchell has a shoulder injury that they thought it was a stinger. It's a little more. So that is their entire injury report is running backs. Wow. In Shanahan's system, I think you could plug just about anybody running any running back in. We've seen Jeff Wilson, and again, we're talking about Elijah Mitchell being out. It's like these aren't world groundbreaking <laughs> running backs. So um, I just I, I liked uh, San Fran in this game uh, in 2019. As I said, they beat him in 2020, but 2019. Um, they beat the breaks off the Packers 37 to eight in the regular season. And they beat them 37 to 20 in the playoffs that year. I don't think Rogers looks right. This is another line too, that I think if that three and a half was very valuable for the Packers, that would have got hit early and it would have been down to three. And that hook is still hanging out there. Three and a hook with the Packers is still out there and the sharps aren't hitting it. I am going to go with San Francisco on this one. I think you're on to something there. The only thing I will say is I don't think Rodgers played as poorly as I think you're making it out to be. I do think that Detroit played a specific coverage that uh, that forced them to throw the throw, forced them to throw underneath and forced them to run the football. That's what they did, and they were patient about it. I actually commend Rodgers on what he did on Monday night because he did not get impatient with that team, with that team. So I do really actually think Rodgers did play well on Monday night. In the first half, obviously, they had to play a certain way, and then they made their adjustments and turned it on, and the defense played really well. Uh, and like you said, Goff couldn't handle the rain. But I do think you're onto the right track with San Francisco. To me, I just – I want to watch that game because I'm very, very interested to see how San Francisco handles Rodgers without the good – without the secondary being completely healthy and without kind of uh, – is that defensive line 100%? That, that's my question. They had a lot of guys out last week. They had missing Greenlaw and Kinlaw and 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 Armstead are are all are all banged up. So I I am interested in that game. It's a stay away game from me. It's a stay away game from me. But I I I understand your logic and I think you're on the right track. That's what I will say. Number four. Ah, oh, I got to take this game. I got to take this game. You have to do this. You have I think to I know where we're going. We are going to ride the Minnesota Vikings. We are going oh. to ride the Minnesota Vikings at home. I, I can't believe I'm doing it. Plus two, and I'm betting against Ross. I cannot. I am chasing the Seahawks this year. I am in every Seahawks uh, game. Don't do worst it. Thing ever. It's the worst thing ever. I'm either on them or I'm off them. Like I just every game. I might have the Seahawks every week uh, involved in something. But Minnesota, I think this is a good play for them because Minnesota lost on game winning field goal week one and a missed field goal in game, in game two. In a game, really, they played better than Arizona did, in my opinion. Um, as good as Kyler Murray was through a couple interceptions, Kirk was clean. And the thing that Tennessee was able to do on Seattle is really, really run the ball well. They ran the ball well. And Cook, I mean, Dalvin Cook is having a fantastic year. Fantastic year so far. Really, really uh, impressed by him in the first couple of weeks. They just got a finish in the fourth quarter. And I think the home crowd, I said this last year to you, and you, and I know you kind of scoffed at it, but I thought Minnesota was the biggest loser from not having fans last year. They lost a lot of games at home that were very close. Uh, and this year, I think that that's going to be a big difference for them. I think Minnesota gets right. They're a better team than they've been playing. And for Seattle to go on the road here, uh, most people would say Seattle is a road favorite. You know, they're four, six, and one since 2019 as a road favorite. Kirk Cousins has only been a home dog twice in his career in Minnesota. He has 
covered and won both of those games. So I do like Minnesota here in this spot, plus two. Uh, that I don't know if it's down to plus one and a half currently, but I think it's still a plus two. Uh, I'll take the plus two, plus one and a half, whatever it is. I'll probably take the money line as well with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'm seeing plus one and a half right now. Yeah, this, this was – oh, this is just – a really tight game. I give you, you got the cojones for taking this one. It's definitely the right side to take. I agree with you again. Like you said, I, the Vikings are so close from, you know, being two and versus zero and two, which I think is one of the things you've heard a lot. And, you know, time, time to start again, betting on these zero and two teams that we think are maybe not as bad as, you know, they've shown in their first couple of weeks. I think that's definitely the right strategy. I will say though, Dalvin cook, I was just looking, didn't practice again today. So Wednesday and Thursday has mispracticed with the ankle. So I, that's another one that just stay away from me. But um, I love, love, love Vikings and teasers this week. I think if you're doing a teaser, Vikings are an absolute tease piece. You get them, tease them up through seven and a half. I don't think they lose by seven, more than seven and a half at home. Especially uh, in, in, home. Their, in their in their in their home openers. So they're they're I, they're very good in this spot. They're very good in this spot after a loss. Actually, sixty seven percent of the bets on Seattle, fifty seven percent of the money is on Minnesota. It's a sharp, sharp play. But neither of these teams can cover wide receivers. So the, the total of this one is 55 and a half. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a big one. And I, it, it definitely could be a shootout here. I, I don't know. I don't know how Seattle covers Justin Jefferson. And then Minnesota's got way too many things to cover. It's either Metcalf or Lockett. And they've looked really abysmal against, against wide receivers recently. Run, so. run more plays before the field goal next time, Mike Zimmer. Please, for the love of God, do it. Number yeah, that, that would definitely be the play. All right, number three. This is the one where I was just back and forth on everyone. And as if I was being a little square, if I was being a little square before, this this is a pros versus Joe's game, Dan. This is an absolute pros versus Joe's game. Because nobody, nobody wants to take a team that just got beaten by 35 points. Absolutely <laughs> nobody wants to. And their quarterback just got hurt. But I am going to take the four points on the road against the overrated Las Vegas Raiders. Um, as much as, you know, time to start betting on some O and two teams. I think I'm going to start, I'm going to be fading the Raiders here. Uh, you know, Raiders, we love them as dogs. That's when the Raiders thrive. That is when John Gruden is going to thrive. As soon as they are a favorite, we no longer like the Raiders anymore. Um, and a very interesting part, you know, very interesting thing that a few people have highlighted, including, uh, our, our godfather himself, Mike Lombardi, uh, <laughs> You know, my, my Tua take isn't looking so good when Tua gets hurt. No, it's not. And, yeah. the, and the line moves only a half of a point to Jacoby Brissett. Um, so Tua didn't really move the line too much in this game. So we're putting my Tua takes on the sh- on the bench while Tua's on the bench. And we're going to reassess when he's back in. But ugh, not looking great so far. So I think Jacoby Brissett is going to play really well. I think actually maybe a lot more of this offense opens up for the Dolphins here, playing a little smarter. I... Obviously, I mean, the biggest thing you have to worry about here is how good the Raiders defensive line is. Look, Max Crosby is PFF's number one ranked edge rusher right now, which feels crazy. And so that's another thing maybe that he's going to have a little bit of coming back to earth. I don't know if he's going to dominate game in, game out. Max Crosby, who knows? Maybe he's going to be the highest paid defensive end in a couple of years. But um, I think that maybe they take a step back, even though this Miami offensive line is so, so, so bad. I just hope that. Brissett is going to be a little bit more willing to get the ball out quick, um, use the middle of the field a little bit more, and, you know, getting four points, getting more than a field goal. I see this as a, as a field goal game. Um, I, I will 
definitely take Miami here. The Raiders getting 75% of bets and money. That is when you fade the Raiders. The Raiders are getting all this public love. They are, they are the public's team right now with these with the two big games that they've played in. So we got to go against the Raiders. I do agree. I think you're. I think at first glance, I, I looked at this game and I said Raiders all the way, absolutely. But then you come back on it and you say, how much better is Tua than Jacoby Brissett? Honestly, how much right. better is he? They both can run. They both they both generally can make every throw that. You know, that they're limited. There's no question about it. Maybe Brissett turns the ball over more, but he's got a freaking rocket, and Tua can't get the ball down the field or horizontally to the sideline. So I wanted to definitely discuss this game, but you've already made it, you know, something that we're going to, that we've talked about. So Miami, to me, I think you're right. This whole game relies on one thing, and that is the offensive line. Can they keep him in, in, in check? Uh, Max Crosby. The man spells his name with three X's because he is not safe for work. I mean, he is a dream. He is just a dream. Um, uh, This guy is just an absolute animal. But I do think that there could be some regression from the Raiders. And remember, Dolphins, that turnover streak is still going. It's a 24 games. There's a lot of take. They get a lot of takeaways. I think they got two takeaways last week um, on Josh Allen, who, by the way, it was a little iffy. But – I'm staying away from this game. I just, I can't, you can't make me bet on Jacoby Brissett. I just can't do it. No, I don't believe you. But I, an interesting thing too, I think about, about Vegas is that the two defenses they played are pride themselves more in their front seven. And we know that as much as the, the Raiders kind of disassembled and re, reassembled their offensive line, um, this team has got the best corners that they're playing so far. Mm-hmm. And so Derek Carr is going to be tested here. I think that, you know, he hasn't played uh, some elite corners. You've got, you know, got Xavier Howard, you got the rest of that secondary for Miami. So, I think that is going to be a big difference in how much success the Raiders have on offense. They mix up their fronts a lot in Miami. That's going to be a very tough test for the for the Raiders to be patient. And we know Gruden's not one thing. He's not patient. <laughs> so uh, I commend you for taking this pick because I just could not stomach it to do it. Uh, number three. Well, why don't I just piggyback off of the game you just talked about? And, you know, take a team that one of those teams just played. Uh, I don't like doing this, but let's circle the wagons. We're going to take yeah. the Bills. We're going to take the Bills. We're going to take the Bills. It sucks. It stinks. Stinky. Nobody wants to take it. Now, when this line opened at nine at, at 7 and then got shot up to 9, shot all the way up to 9 on Monday, then it came back down to earth 8, 7.5, all the way down to 7 points now. And I said to myself on Thursday night when the Washington football team won that game against the Giants, I said, I don't care who they're playing next week. I am betting against this team because I hated how their, uh, their defense looked. Their defense was atrocious against Daniel Jones. Atrocious. Daniel Jones went up and down the field, whatever he wanted to do. And the Giants, of course, found a way to lose. This is Taylor Heineke's first road start in his career. That's what bugs me about this. Now, the only thing I would say is that Buffalo's offensive line also has to get right, like Miami's, because they're playing a really good front in Washington. But let me just give you a little stat on this. The Washington football team, in the last five games that they have played as a underdog of seven points or more, they are 0-4-1 in those games against the spread. And you say to me, well, Dan, you know, They had 16 different quarterbacks playing in those games. 
yeah, but their defense gave up 34 points per game in those games. They've gotten smacked around. And people think Rivera plays good teams close. He has not thus far as the coach of the Washington football team. I think this is a get-right game for Josh Allen. If it was at minus nine, I would not be comfortable taking it. But now that it's come down two points, I think seven is a fair number for this game. I think Buffalo, big time at home, gets it going, gets it right. Because I don't think – I think Washington, from what I've seen, is probably one of the more overrated teams. I don't think they're a good football team. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's a matter of – are we overrating Washington's defense from last year? Um, is it a get-right game for Josh Allen? Because Josh Allen hasn't looked sharp, which was something that we were talking about all leading into the preseason. We were expecting a lot of regression for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen himself. Uh, I do know that there's there's a stat out there that uh, Ron Rivera in all you know in all of those bigger spread games, only four out of the eighteen games that he's coached the football team, they've lost by more than uh, a touchdown. So, you know, they're expecting Rivera to keep this close, but I agree that, you know, for me, there's this, this is a game for me. There's too many things going on that it was a stay away from me. Heineke's first road start is horrifying going into Buffalo. Buffalo's defensive line actually looks good after last week. I might just because of Miami's defensive line, offensive line being absolutely putrid, like we've said, but, and, and, and is Josh Allen right? Is he going to get right? Or is he just kind of, was that last year an anomaly season that he kind of overexcelled? So. Too many things going on in this game for me that I had to stay away. Can we discuss one other thing? Yeah. Buffalo's defense has been fantastic. Yes, they have. Buffalo's defense has been utterly fantastic. They gave up 13 points to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got the block punt, remember that. They yep. only gave up 13 points in that game. They gave up zero to Miami. I get Brissett comes into the game. But is Taylor Heineke going to be the guy that's going to put up 13, going to put up 28 points on this team? I don't think so. I don't think so. I fully expect Buffalo to score some points. I expect them to get some takeaways in this game from Heineke and get after him. Buffalo's defensive front is really good. Epinesa and Rousseau and like Ed Oliver and just they've accumulated a lot of guys on that defensive front that are going to pressure Heineke, I think, in this game and make it miserable for him on the road. Uh, number two. Number I'll two. i over these last two to go first. All right, you go ahead. Have you go last. I'll, I'll switch it up for you. Don't worries. I was looking through this week, and I texted you on Monday, and I said, I only like one game. This board stinks. And I kept looking at this game, and I kept scrolling by it, scrolling by it, and I said, nah, 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 nah. And then the more I kept researching other games, the more this team kept popping up. And I said, oh, my God. I think I got to take this team. I think I have to do it. I think I got to take the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they got, I think we got to do it. I think we'll take the Chargers plus six and a half on the road to Kansas City. Just some numbers for you, just the last things. I mean, some of these numbers blew my mind. Blew my freaking brain. The Chargers in their last six games against the spread in division are four and two. In their last six games as a road dog, they are four and two against the spread. But the numbers that popped out to me were Kansas City's numbers. Kansas City in their last six division games, one and five against the spread. Kansas City, this one freaked me out. Since the beginning of 2020, 
The Kansas City Chiefs have the second worst record against the spread and winning percentage against the spread since the beginning of last year. They are eight and thirteen. Do you know who the worst team is? They're what? They're one game better than one team in this league. Do you know who it is against the spread since the beginning of last year? Yeah, uh, Jets. Very good. Somebody oh, said. yay! I uh, get <laughs> Uh, very good. I'm sorry, Lewis. I had to bring up the New York Jets are the only team that is worse against the spread than the Kansas City Chiefs in the last year. That is incredible. Also, Kansas City's last five games as a six and a half point favorite or more, they are zero four and one against the spread. They have not covered in nine straight games. Make it ten. Los Angeles might win this game outright. I think this is a very very important game for both of these two teams because you have Denver playing the Jets. You have the Raiders playing a two-willis Dolphins team. It is likely that they win, although I kind of agree with your Miami pick. Um, they, those two teams are very likely to go 3-0. and The loser of this game will be two games back and have a tie-break loss in the division. Can you imagine if it's the Chiefs? Can you imagine? There will be heads exploding. Literally, ESPN will be running fire alarms throughout the Patrick Mahomes Prince of Darkness. The Prince of Darkness. Hell will be freezing over for the Prince of Darkness, who is the greatest quarterback of all time, apparently. It's amazing. Um, I think the Chargers keep this close. They always keep this game close. Chargers plus six and a half. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned all those against the spread numbers. I have, you know. I have the same ones written down. Four, you know, Chiefs four and eight in their last 12 against uh, – Opponents of six uh, being a favorite of six and a half or more. Again, they're just they're just constantly an overvalued team. They're a public they're a public team. Everybody thinks of the Chiefs as the best best team in football uh, year in and year out. Ever uh, you know since they've had Patrick Mahomes. So I just think that they're they're constantly overvalued. The biggest part in this game is the Chargers are going to have to score in the red zone. It's the only thing that's been holding them back recently. So you know so far this year, uh, they are top five in yards per game. They are moving the ball down too. We said it in the Dallas game. They are hitting it. 30% in the red zone, 30%. It's got to be a lot better than that, that scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So, but uh, we'll get right to it. I, this is my, this is one of my top two picks uh, as well. I did have it listed as my number one, but I feel just as good about both. So this is also my number two pick. Um, I, I agree with you. I just think in division chiefs overvalued, horrible against the spread record. Nobody pays attention to, it, and they still blindly bet the chiefs. So six and a half here for me. And this is one that again was, was Chargers at seven, and it gets it gets walloped by the Sharps every time that it shows a seven here. So that just shows me that we're right on the number. Yes, we're not getting the best of the number, but I will take that six and a half just just enough, just short shy of a, uh, a touchdown here. I love it. See, I knew at some point our minds had to meld. We did not mind meld very much this week, I must say. Even no. though, even last week, last week we were pretty on. We had two picks. We've generally had like two picks where we're like, yep, that we agree with that. Our top pick at Carolina hit was the only one. We did not mind meld this week, and we finally found one. We did. We did. We're finally on the same page here with one of the other. I was getting a little nervous with those first three. It was just uh, usually then there's there's one, one way that we cross paths here, but who knows? Maybe we have two for two in the final two. I, do, I don't think you do. I don't think you have what I have. And we're going to find out what I have because I'm going to go first to save your best for last. Because I always love hearing what you come up with for number one. I looked at the board this week and I said, absolutely, this is stone cold, lock it, and I might throw three units on this one. I mean, it's so, so easy. 
Philadelphia Freedom. I love, love the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles this week. I love the Eagles this week at plus four. Monday night, Maddie, it's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a long weekend for the card this week. You talked about having the Sunday night game. I got to have the Monday night game. Give me the Eagles plus four against Dallas. Um, Listen, every single ball that bounced the way of the 49ers last week. You had the toss play that was a fumble that went out of bounds, and the Eagles almost pounced on it. You had Jalen Rager, literally a sliver of his foot out of bounds uh, as he caught that ball for a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, They could not finish a terrible play call in in the red zone uh, inside the five on fourth and goal by Sturiani. It was not a good play call. Um, Creative, but not good against that defense. This Dallas defense is not going to hold up. It's not going to hold up against this style of offense because this style of offense is something that you don't typically see. And I think the Eagles are kind of onto something. They are kind of flipping it on its head. It's still early enough to the point where teams really can't catch up with the Eagles offense, where it's very RPO oriented, very zone read oriented. Uh, They have a lot of speed on the outside. Is Amari Cooper going in this game? I mean, I assume he might be, but like he was hurt in this in the last game against the Chargers. Um, so that's him and Michael Gallup, possibly. I mean, Michael Gallup, I know, is not playing, but but Amari, I'm not sure about his health status. They haven't used Zeke to the best of to, to, to the best of they've known. Tony Pollard's been a much better running back, uh, and they're still missing Demarcus Lawrence, from what I understand too. So I think there's a lot of room for the Eagles to dominate up front on the offensive line, even though they lose Brandon Brooks. I still think they have enough, and then Dallas ain't gonna be. Dallas ain't going to be just a cakewalk through the park messing with the Eagles front seven. I mean, that is a, that is a tough front seven to deal with. They weren't, I don't think Brandon Graham played last week. So I, I they were missing him. I think he might come back this week. Um, I love the Eagles this week. E-A-G-L-E-S plus four. Uh, yeah. So uh, Cooper was limited in practice this week. So uh, we probably do see him, you know, probably play. Um, I, I, oh man, this, this was a lean for me. This is definitely a lean. I, I, I don't know. The Eagles do have a better record in Dallas than they do playing Dallas and Philadelphia. So this is probably, you know, I think you are on the right side here. By the time we get to Monday night, I'm sure I'll be riding with you. It's not in my top five here, but I, I don't hate the side. I don't hate the pick. I, I think the Eagles are definitely the, the dogs that we are going to be riding early on in the season. Obviously they got us a, an outright win in week one. And as you said, things just didn't bounce their way last week. So Jalen Hurts looking really, really good so far. He, he talking about referencing our PFF QB rankings. He is a top seven PFF QB right now. Um, so uh, he just looks great. If he could just keep getting the ball out, you know, they'd have a lot of speed at receiver now. You know, Jalen Rager looks looking good. Yeah, I, I like the pick. It's, it's ugly. It's an NFC East divisional matchup, but I just feel, you know, you're on the right side of it. It's perfect. One more, two more stats real quick. Oh, five. Oh, oh, five. Dallas is 0 and five in their last five as a home favorite against the spread. They are one and seven, their last eight as a favorite. Uh, remember, they weren't a favorite a lot last year, having Dak out. So, I mean, yeah. they have not been good as favorites, uh, especially at home. So, I'm going to, I'm going to lean the side of the Eagles. They got something cooking. They got something cooking. They are much better than we thought they are. Okay, Maddie. I need to hear it. Number one. If this is what I think it is, I hope it's not. But if this is what I think it is, I'm going to throw up because I completely disagree. But I don't think it is. Well, 
I, I have no idea what game you're alluding to, but this is the other big game of the week that we're going to have a pick in here. And we are going to take the home dog, Los Angeles Rams, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is the battle of, like, the two hyped, most hyped teams that we've seen from the preseason and now through the first two weeks because there's a, these are two 2-0 two teams. I, I really thought that the Rams hype was going to overtake this week because this line opened at the Rams minus one and people hammered the Buccaneers on it. And I, I just think that McVay at home getting one and a half, what Stafford can do against this Tampa Bay secondary, the Tampa Bay defense is the wor- has been the worst, bottom three in the league the past two seasons against empty sets. And I know that McVay loves to run out at 11. He loves to run out at 12, or, you know, pass out of 11 and 12 because you can just hide everything so easily on, under those sets. But if they run a lot of 10 personnel this week with Matt Stafford and let him just drop back and carve up that secondary, I think that they are going to do some serious, serious damage to them. And then it's a matter of the Rams defense holding up here. You know, I think that Aaron Donald is able to get pressure up the middle, which you always hear about Tom Brady. It's been the, the tale as old as time that you got to get pressure up the middle. Obviously they have the best defensive lineman in the league. Um, and I just, I got to take the Rams here at home. I think, I think that the hype is now towards the Buccaneers. Everybody's loving the Buccaneers and it's my time to buy in the Rams, I guess. He hates it. Hates it. I'm going against Tom. That, going against Tom, less than a field goal. That is stinky. That is a stinky. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I, I, I had it on the board, and I'm like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna explain this pick? And the more I tried to explain, like taking that, uh, I just couldn't do it. I just think this game is gonna come down to the wire. I just, it's gonna be a great game, but I just think the, I, I think so highly of Tampa Bay. Like, oh, maybe way too much and. They didn't play great last week. There's no question about it. But they got very key, key, timely turnovers in that game. Stafford, this is a spot where he's – they're going to prove – this is a litmus test for the Rams. This is a litmus test for the Rams to see how good they actually really are. Are they believing the hype? Because, honestly, I don't think people are – this is a hype team in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay deserves to be hyped. They freaking won the Super Bowl. Like, like I mean – to me, I think Tampa clearly from the from I've said it back in July and August. I've been saying this like, why are they not the favorite to win the Super Bowl? I just think they're a better team than Kansas City. Um, I don't know. I think just Brady is just playing at such a level. Question though, is it a look ahead spot to New England next week for Tom Brady? It's another great point there, Daniel. Maybe a big game floating in his mind. But this is this is NFC competition versus AFC competition, so he should be treating this game more importantly. He but should really. be, but that game, the amount of crap that is already seething up there in the Boston media that's already being thrown out there, the Seth Wickersham book coming out, Tom Brady Sr. saying, damn right he's vindicated, and all this different stuff. I mean, it has been like working around. Like Brady's been set, putting out little shadow messages himself on Instagram about this whole thing. Like – I hope that that's not – obviously, I root for Brady down there, but I hope that that's not a look-ahead to next week because I think it, I think they could get trapped. So maybe – see, that's why. That's why I can't be on the team. It is so – there's a thousand things here. I'm, I'm off that game, but I commend you for taking the Rams. That is a ballsy-ass pick, if you ask me. Very ballsy. Yeah. I believe McVay is either 0-3 or 0-4 as a home dog, but 
small sample size. I think, uh, you know, I, I believe it's 0-3. So, and eventually, I know as much as we are, we're betting along a lot of these trends as far as it gets the spread, there's sometimes where these things got to give and, you know, eventually water's going to reach its level and things are going to even out. So I, I just think McVay is too much. I mean, they, he has the advantage of the coaching matchup against Arians, I think for sure. Um, so I, I'm going to lean on that fact and, and lean the fact that the Rams beat Tampa Bay last year, 27-24 with Jared Goff. So I'm hoping that they could put obviously a better defense last year than they have this year. But I think they've maybe got a little bit of the same game plan. The Bucks offense wasn't what it was now. It's a juggernaut now. But I, I still think they're going to be able to contain them enough and, and do enough on the offensive side, more on the offensive side with Stafford under center versus Goff. That's a good game. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling pretty good about my 16 and a half to one ticket on Tom Brady win the MVP, though. I'll tell you that for right now. How about Tom Brady over 34 and a half touchdown passes on the season? <laughs> Nine already. Feeling really good. He's a quarter of the way there. He's more than a quarter of the way there. It's incredible. Um, okay. Lock it That's in. It. He's, he's got those the, are them. the Rams are number one. Betting against Brady. I'm betting against Russ. You're betting against Rogers. Oh, Let's man. go. We're taking on some. We're taking on some I'm, big time QBs. Betting on Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes is right, man. You got to take some free money. I'll bet against Mahomes. So me and so you're betting against Brady and Rodgers. I'm betting against Russ and Mahomes. And I'm I'm up against Mahomes too. And Brady, against Brady against Mahomes, Mahomes and Rodgers. You're a sick bastard. You know that you're a real <laughs> sick bastard. <laughs> um. Okay. Any leans before we get to the money line parlay? I got too many leans. I've got too many leans. A lean for me was Washington plus seven and a half because I really Ooh. thought about that Ron Rivera number, but. Again, t- Taylor Heineke on the road, first road start is just too tough for me to, to for me to deal with. And then there's a couple just massive ones that I have. I have them. I'm, I'm betting them, but I couldn't give him my five. The Broncos minus ten and a half home yep, opener against the Jets. Easy. They they played the number three defensive line in the Patriots last week. They now get the number one defensive line in the Broncos this week. Home opener, mile high, Zach Wilson. I think it's going to be a nightmare. But, oh, you know, it's overinflated. The Broncos aren't this good. I mean, the Jets are horrible. I, this is like a 24 to 10 game, if they even get a touchdown. I'm just staring at Lewis the whole time, just having to listen to this. I mean, he was he was a real trooper. The, the line of the day. Can I tell you the line of the day, what Lewis said? Yeah. It's the fourth quarter, and we're just sitting there. It is – we are and we are sweating. It is hot. It's 25 to 6. And Lou just looks at everybody. He's just miserable. Got a towel on his head. And he goes, I'm freezing out here. <laughs> and it was just the line of the day. It was so, it was a perfect, like, Jets fan line to say, Lewis, really. Thanks, uh, buddy. <laughs> That's all I had in the moment. I didn't, I didn't have anything else going on. It was, uh, it was, it started good. Lost the voice by halftime. And then it was a miserable time after that. So thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. I feel very bad for your little sister, Gianna. That was her first experience with Vin and you and all the rest of us out there. It was, it was tough. It was tough, but I agree. I, you trooped it out. You trooped it out. You were a real warrior out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've got nothing. Matt, I love that Denver pick. I do anything else. And then the other big one, I'm going to continue to fade Urban Meyer. I'm sorry. The, the Cardinals minus seven and a half on the road. Kyler Murray has looked impeccable. 
tell me how the secondary does anything against against the Cardinals. I mean, he can't coach his way out of a shoe right now. Urban Meyer is in so far above his head. I mean, he is drowning in the pool in Jacksonville. That I, I just got to keep fading him until he covers the sprint. I, I just think you keep fading the Jaguars constantly. Are they playing? Maybe if Kyler Murray's on the field, you might think he's playing Oklahoma this week. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. I, I can't. I can't stress that enough. It's horrible. Uh, my, my question: Who's blocking Chandler Jones? Who the hell is blocking Chandler Jones? I mean, oh my goodness. I have Denver as well, minus 10 and a half. I have Arizona minus seven and a half. Don't care. Just bet it blind. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I also have the over 52 looking at that game. Jags and cards. I kind of like that a little bit. Um, I think the, the Jaguars can get some garbage time touchdowns and maybe some points there. Uh, but I think Arizona is hanging 30 plus. So I do like that. Um, Cincinnati. How yeah. do we feel? How do we feel? Ooh. Who stinky? I, I wish when I saw four and a half, if I could, got that, that was a good number. Now that it's down to three, it feels like maybe all the value has been sucked out of it. That's It's a game that, again, I lean Bengals if I'm taking a side because Joe Burrow Joe Burrow's just showing no quit. As much as he just gets the, the snot kicked out of him because his offensive line can't block anybody, but he just keeps getting up and just slinging that ball down the field. And Pittsburgh, yeah. the injuries are piling up for Pittsburgh now. And – Big Ben looks bad, and it might be – I just think it's a bad rest of the season for the Steelers. We said as long as Ben was healthy, we're going to bet on him. Well, that lasted a week and a half. So <laughs> He is borderline geriatric. I mean, it's very, very bad. But I do like the Bengals plus three. I almost like them the money line. And I'm, I hate to say this, but you might pair the Bengals money line with the Saints money line. I mm. think the Saints – I, I don't feel good. I don't feel good about, about the Saints coming into Foxborough. I am leaning hard on the Saints plus three. I think that game is close. There's no way Kamara rushes for five yards. I mean, the Patriots can't stop the run. Patriots can't stop the run. And if they're going to have a, a, a swinging door at right tackle, it's going to be a problem for Mac. I think he can stay in it. He's not going to make mistakes. He'll limit the mistakes, but – I think up front, the Saints are better on both sides of the ball. I, I like the Saints plus three. Makes me makes me feel very confident in my Patriots pick of minus – I have minus two and a half. So, uh, when, you, when you're <laughs> down on the Patriots, it shows me that, you know, I think that they're going to win. I mean, that's definitely – it's a field goal game to me. So, if, if, you know, Patriots not laying three, don't feel good about that. Saints getting three, you feel good about it. Patriots laying minus two and a half, feel pretty good about that too. So, it, it feels like a field goal game to me. Uh, and I had that lean. and then. There's one more game that we haven't talked about here. Uh, that's the, the I, you know, never mind. I think we're going to get to it later. So never mind. We're, we'll get to it. You, uh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it you later. Have, do, do you have an under the weather pick for us this week, Mr. I uh, do. You reading the Dopplers? I do. I was looking at the Millibars, you know, just like getting the Doppler radar out there. There wasn't much. There was two games that had weather involved in it. The first one I didn't love because the teams, I, I'll just tell you what it was. The first one I didn't love because it was Cleveland and Chicago. Uh, the under 46, it was a little bit nuts because I think Fields is a, is a, is a wild card. I think you go crazy or I think he could stink uh, either way. And, and, and Baker, I think they can run the ball all over anybody that they want to. How healthy Baker is, I don't know. But um, I'm not ready to go with that game. I, I like this game better. Um, 
it's a real hole of an ass thing to do to take Buffalo and <laughs> the under, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the under the weather in Buffalo winds are 15 to 25 mile an hour, 19 mile per hour sustained winds. And now you're starting to see a little bit of a low pressure system come down from Canada and it might, might hang around a little longer than Saturday and move into Sunday. So I think that possibly might see 20 to 30% chance of a scattered thunderstorm with the wind. That's a no-go. Bills are also 0-2 or 2-0 to the under. Washington is 1-1 to the under. I'm going to take Taylor Heineke to score very, very minimal points in this game. And I think the Buffalo Bills win by probably 10. I would say this game is maybe a 27 to 13 game. Um 27 to 13. Yes, that works. Um the <laughs> under 45 and a half uh for Buffalo and Washington. Yeah, you're definitely you're you're trying to hit a tight window there, laying laying a big number and then trying to hit an under as well. But, you know, always windy out there in Buffalo, but you know, we're getting into October, we're getting into the fall now. So, you always got to be checking those weather conditions when you are up up near the uh the Great White North. We are now officially into fall. Thank you for thank you for giving us that, Matt. I, I I can't now say I can't do the autumn wind as a raider yet. We'll do it next week because it's not quite that way yet. But we'll get to the autumn wind in a raider next week. I promise. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to pull a rabbit out of the hat. It's time to pick your card, any card. Here on the Sunday card, we pick a couple of cards this week. And Matty Ice is going to tell us what cards are we holding in the deck this week for the Magic Moneyline Parlay. Yep. So, again, now we are one and one on the parlay, which is fine by me. We're sort of trying to – if we can keep this thing hitting around uh, 25%, 30% in the season, I will be more than happy. So, try and get another win right here early on. We are going to take the Dolphins. Plus 165. I do think that they, I think Jacoby Brissett is good, is ready for this game. There were, there were reports at a camp that he felt like he wasn't given a fair shot at the starting job and that they just gave it to two and he wanted to compete, thought he could, he, he was deserving of, you know, competing in camp to, to outbeat two in that starting job. So I think Jacoby's going to take this game very seriously. They're going to have a game plan in place for him versus last week where he had to come in and run to his offense, which is just not his skill set at all. And for the team that we compare them up with, Sooner rather than later, we'll take the Dirty Birds and the Falcons going into oh, going into MetLife Stadium. We're right back. Dan's dead. Don't I just killed him with that tape. That. Please don't make me do that. We, we've got to do it, Dan. The, the Falcons, they are 0-2. This is the time when we, we start betting against them. Every Again, people watch that Giants and football team game on Thursday night. They saw how good Daniel Jones looks. Guess what? Daniel Jones only beats the football team. He only covers the spread against the football team. He's five and zero against the spread playing that team, and he's ten and four on the road while he is four and ten at home. The Giants should not be three point favorites to anybody. To anybody. So give me the Falcons. Pair them up with the Dolphins, and that gives you a very even and round plus five hundred on the money line parlay. Dan, don't shake your head. Just hold your nose and put the pet in, all right? I do feel better about it being a nice round plus 500. That makes me feel actually very, like, uniform good. If you give me, like, something that is, you know, like, fits in a box, I will be perfectly fine with it. That stinks. That money line Those, probably stinks, stinks out loud. I hate you. I actually might not talk to you until Sunday night. 
when it hits inevitably. And I, I, I am not happy with you and making me do that. I want to throw up at that. And, and you know, you know what's gross about it is that it's it's a split. I hate doing dolphins are one o'clock and then that game's at four o'clock. And I oh, just and that's the East worst. Coaster. It's a four o'clock East Coaster late autumn day in New York. It's oh, I don't want to think about that stadium. I'll tell you what, after being in that stadium and the dumpster that it is, and just the big fat garbage can that that giant gray blob in the middle of New Jersey is. I mean, it is horrible. I, I'll never go back to that stadium again. It was terrible. And now I got it. You're going to make me watch that game to have the Eagles, to have the Falcons, to have Maddie Ice. I mean, God bless. And you're, you're probably going to be mad because I, I almost was doing the Eagles. I, I was thinking about doing oh. Dolphins and Eagles or Falcons and Eagles. So who, who knows? But there might be some variations of that out there as well. And not, not, a team I wanted to put in the parlay, but I thought had enough independent value on their own is the Chargers. I thought about putting them in there. Couldn't do that in the parlay, but that is a plus 235 money line right now. So I think if you are taking the Chargers on the spread, six and a half, you got to take a sprinkle and you got to just put a little, just a little taste on the, uh, the, the money line for the Chargers. As well. Take them. Take them on the money line. Absolutely. I do have a Denver, Arizona, Cleveland money line parlay as well, which does not have the value that you have, clearly. But it is minus 110, so I did take it. But I will definitely, as I do every week, because I promised at the beginning of the season I would, I will be on the Falcons and Dolphins money line parlay and throw up while I'm putting it in. So thank you. Thank you so much for making my day. <laughs> Now go, go take a Tums or some Pepto-Bismol. I got some brioche in the fridge. Lewis, what's the, what is the bet the narrative game of the week? I feel like Cincinnati should be it. I don't know why, but I feel like they should. Well, so you, well, okay. You tell me why, why would that be the narrative game of the week? Yeah, I just think that everybody's down on Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow and like, and big Ben is hurt and big Ben is a fat tub right now at 80 years old. And, I don't know why. I had a better reason before, and I can't come up with it. I'll let you bet the narrative. And that sounds the same thing like the Falcons, though. I, I think the Dolphins are the bet the narrative game of the week. What is it, Lewis? I don't know. I uh, I don't know. Honestly, my favorite pick was Matt's number five, Baltimore minus five. Oh. Yeah. Bet the narrative, Lamar beats bad teams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't overthink it. The Ravens beat up on bad teams. Okay. There you go. Put it in. Put it in the bet the narrative pick of the week. Uh, Bengals won week one. Jets obviously did not win week two. Uh, put the Ravens down minus eight against the Lions. Bet the narrative game of the week from Lewis. Mm. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. It sounds like you do. <laughs> he doesn't love it. No, I, I don't know. I'm thinking now. I'm thinking. I thinking. I, I like it. I do like it. I like Lamar okay. a lot. Lamar Jackson wins games. So, I love Lamar. I love Lamar. I might get a Lamar jersey soon. I don't know. All right. That's it. Let's end it right there. Maddie, thank you so much. Godspeed to you on Sunday. Godspeed to me on Saturday because I have a million and a half games to watch on Saturday before we do Sunday. But um, I am excited. Yeah, every week I come back. I just come back from college football. But uh, it was fun. This is my favorite time of the week. And uh, I like our five picks. So uh, good luck to you, my friend. Last week took an L, but this week we bounced back. That's right. The great words of the the philosopher, Big Sean. 
Thanks, Sean. <laughs> I love it. Setbacks make for great comebacks. Let's hit it hard. Uh, we thank you for listening, everybody, to the Sunday Card. You can listen to us every week on Spotify, on Apple Pod, on Google Pod. You can listen to us on Sports Country Radio. It's this great little website. It's a sports mixed with country music. It's, it's pretty cool. It's on sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. So you can get those all in, get the bets right in, so you can be prepared and get some winners, winners, winners. We're going to get back to over 500, both of us. I feel it in my bones this week. Uh, for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou, Caribou Lou, uh, Louis Paracone, the man with many names. I am Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Call.